0: Good morning, everybody. Is this on? All right, there we go. Now I hear myself. I feel like that was a little quiet. Good morning, everybody. All right, there we go. We're all awake. Okay, so we have a few announcements. We won't go through everything. Uh, It should be, see some stuff up on the screen, a lot of uh, of other normal week's sort of activities and things, but we'll mention a few things here. First off, uh, Sadly, there will not be a meal this week after the service, but you're welcome to stick around, still fellowship with one another. Uh, There might be still a few goodies left out. I'm not quite sure. Um, But do we get a nine on that? There's none left. Um, But welcome to still stick around, talk to one another, pray with one another, those types of things. Um, uh, We'll throw out... uh, uh, Every uh, every morning here at 9:30, we have classes, pre-worship service activities, those types of things. We have the coffee bar that's open, right? Uh, but we also have classes for all ages, and we want to really uh, encourage you guys to come. I guess we know that school started this week, right? Uh, we have kind of in September, we start to start getting back into some of those st- sort of things. We're getting off that summer vacation, right? Uh, not that we take a vacation from church or take vacation from learning about God, but um, oftentimes we find that September is kind of that, that nice time to start getting back into the habit of certain things. Or maybe starting something new. Just as a, maybe we're not kids anymore, but um, just as we when we were kids we started a new grade. Maybe we start a, a new season of sorts. Just as we come into the fall, we start a new season. Maybe, uh, maybe you haven't come to the classes. Um, maybe you're a youth and uh, you haven't come upstairs. Me and my wife teach a class. Maybe you haven't come up. And we just want to encourage you to, to try it out at least, maybe a couple of times, not just once. Uh, come up a couple of times, see if maybe you'll learn something. Maybe it uh, is worth your time. And we think it is, so we encourage you to do that. Okay. Uh, we uh, Serving opportunity, we're still, ta- still uh, looking for people who would like to serve as a computer networking ministry. Look, uh, talk to Pastor Steve or John Cooley if you're interested in doing that. Um, uh, an upcoming event. We'll look at this here too. On uh, Sunday, September 16th, which I believe is next Sunday, uh, we have Roni and Carol Ruano Schlimmer, it says. Uh, we'll be with us for the, ser- the service and we'll be passing around the offering plate. Uh, so look forward to that. Be thinking about that, I guess. Uh, and also, there's a new Ten Strike website. We'll throw a plug on it for that TenStrikeChurch.com. Take a look at it, it's brand new. All right, so this morning I have a a blessed life moment for you, just a a moment that we take uh, on Sunday mornings here to kind of uh, ruminate on what it means to to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, and particularly um, the blessings that that entails, I guess. Uh, And this is called uh, The Riches of Kings. So this morning I'd like to read for you a passage from uh, 1 Chronicles 29 in which Uh, King David gives a rather stirring final blessing before he resigns the kingship over to his son, Solomon. Uh, And he gives this blessing at a gathering of peoples in which David pledges uh, this vast amount of wealth. It's quite impressive. Uh, And he's pledging it to be allocated uh, solely to the building and ornamenting of the, the brand new temple that Solomon will later complete after David has died. Um, and during this gathering, David also calls upon the people, upon the elders and leaders who are standing before him, uh, to also give of their abundance and to pledge some sort of, some amount of riches, um, to show their devotion to their king, David, but also to the king of kings, their God. Uh, now, I think, but we have to, remem- we have to remember something uh, as I'm going to be reading this passage, this blessing that David gives. Uh, and it's this something that causes me to bring our attention to this blessing in the first place. Now, if we know our Bible history, um, Israel is a people who is, I think we can say, has their fair share of hardships, right? Um, they're enslaved, besieged, conquered over and over and over again in the Bible, right? Um, and it's this point in history, this point where David is giving over the kingship to Solomon, if we read it. Um, it's this notable time where there's... Um, they have this relative freedom from the oppression of enemies, right? Um, and they have this amount of riches that I don't think you really see at any other time in their history. It's sort of their golden age. They're going into a time that um, is their, their, kind of the, the height of their, their empire. Not really their empire, but the height of their kingdom. Um, and it's one that they're not really going to see again, and maybe they don't know that quite yet. Um, but it's one they hadn't seen up to that point. It's a point where they're at their highest point. Um, in their history. But David um, does not leave a final word about the greatness of his deeds that brought about this prosperity, um, nor the greatness of their wealth as a people, Uh, nor does he even say that indeed, oh, these riches will be multiplied and it's just going to get better from here, guys. Um, Instead, he comes uh, the richest and the most powerful and probably the greatest of men maybe there ever were. And he looks at his people and he says this, um, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might, in your hand It is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and your own we have given back to you. For we are but aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all our fathers too. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. But you, O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own to begin with. And I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. And as for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you as well. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of our heart of your people and fix their heart towards you. So, Father, I ask that this week as we go out and even as we think about giving this morning, um, that we come to it as a humble people and that we remember where everything that we have, whether great or little, where it comes from, that it is all yours to begin with, Jesus. And even as we talk about blessing, and you are the great blesser, um, I ask that we also remember that the greatest of blessings is in what you do in our hearts, and that even in our giving, that is the blessing, that we can give back to such a great God and give to who you are and what you're doing here on this earth. So in your name, Jesus, amen. Amen.
1: Tell you, I I so appreciate those that help with the Ministry of Helps and such. It seems like we notice it when something isn't going right, you know. But uh, it's, for instance, Anthony this morning, all the stuff that he did to get things ready for our screen, you know, up up on there, and then we have, yeah. We just thank... Thank him for that. Actually, that's one area that we could use somebody else that's willing to help uh, with that on occasion. When Anthony can't be here, there's a, there's a couple that have been interested, I believe, possibly. But then John Cooley he records the messages that then go online uh, that we can hear. We're thankful for that. And then we have our sound guys and gals. And uh, just thankful for them, very much so. But um want mention this, there will be a memorial service held for Andrew Erholtz's Father Keith, and that's going to be at 7 p.m. this coming Friday at the United Methodist Church in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. And the visitation begins at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. And uh, our, as we mentioned last Sunday, our, we're with you, and we, Just thank the Lord for His comfort for you and His peace and and all those things. But we, as a church body, are just with you. We're with you. And then the TCC elders are looking to install Gus Shogren as an elder. And comments concerning this can be directed to one of our elders, Steve Pomp. That's me or Kent Dudley, or Dean Patrol. And so, I believe we're looking, it's not hard and fast yet, but we're looking at September 23, two weeks from today, to do that. And then, how many saw that the sign is actually up above? Raise your hand if you saw that. I told Joyce this morning, I wonder how many will actually see that it's there. It's not lit up yet. It needs to have some uh, some work done on on it. I mean, not work done on it, but it has to be hooked up to the electric yet. That's what needs to be done. But if you have some phrases, as always, I asked just before I walked up here. I asked the Lord for His anointing, and I pray in the spirit that's as powerful as what the reverberations are over the because what we're going to be sharing in a few minutes is so important, it's vital for us in our lives as believers. But I just want to share this. We are down below $800 now left. You know, the sign, basically, that's paid for. That's why we got it. We aren't going to get something before it's paid for. But we do still have $795.15 to go. And... That's like for what we're going to be doing on the church house and so forth, and so there's some opportunity there yet, but we're getting so close, uh, and the giving has been so great with that. We're just so thankful. And it flows right in with what Peter was sharing there about giving, and I want to show one thing here too. I haven't we haven't looked for quite a while and just put it up there again for us. It's a review of our, you might say, our mission statement. And it's just simple. It's connecting people. Say it with me. Connecting people to God. Connecting people to people. Connecting people to service. And really, in a way, the things that we do pretty much all the things that we do is a a congregation, this is always there as a guide for us. Of, of uh, This is a guiding mission, statement, vision for us. Hallelujah. All right. Let's get to the message. It's called Radiating God's Life and Love And when we are living in close fellowship with God and the body of Christ, we will be continuously filled with God's spirit. Continuously receiving that filling and we will be radiating God's glory to the people in our surroundings. Living a life which radiates God's unconditional love comes by actively communing and fellowshipping with God and his people. And when we live in this way, in a close walk with the Lord, then God's spirit of love, it will be overflowing in our lives and we will be radiating his life, his very life will be coming forth from us, his love, his glory, as we talked about last Sunday. It's really our first line is is like our family and then the workplace and the church and the school wherever we go. And the results will be victorious living. Victorious living. And we know that victory doesn't come unless there is a what? A battle. And uh, a lot of the ministry that came forth this morning through the worship team, and Kent was ministering to those that are in the midst of Battles, different kinds of battles. Well, as we're walking in close fellowship with the Lord and His people, then there's going to be victory in the midst of those. And we see it by faith even before we see it in the natural. Right? So, let's stay close to the Lord. And every day, yielding to His Spirit who is within us, Now, here's an important question the lordship question. One part of living this loving and victorious life is to daily make Jesus the Lord of our life. Making Jesus the Lord of our life. He is the one we truly worship is the one we bend our knee to. That is a description of the word worship from the Old Testament. It's bended knee. it's like a bended knee. It's really it's a yielding to his lordship and acknowledging him for who he truly is that's worship and then living that way yielded to him In worship. Worship is done through singing like we do and through other things like in a service like this, but a great way of worshiping God is through living our lives with that bended knee. Kent was mentioning Joyce Meyer this morning on the the robot, what about me, what about me? And uh, I heard Joyce Meyer this week share something She said something that she had begun to do. The first thing every morning that she does, she just gets out of bed and she goes, gets down on her knees. And she gives the day to God and submits to his lordship. And she said, the last thing I do at night before I go to bed, I get on my knees by the bed and I do the same thing. And uh, she said, I'm not starting a new doctrine that everybody has to do this. But yet, it's that thing of his lordship. You know, there is a major point in our lives, I still remember it in mine, much more clear than when I received Christ as my savior, but when I received him or I submitted my life to him for him to be the lord of my life. But then, you know, I still remember that day in the dorm room, Colin Brander Hall, um, and Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa. But every day it's a healing to his lordship. Every day. And doing this gives us an ongoing, underlying desire to do what God directs us to do in each situation and with each person we interact with each day. Lord, what would you say? What would you do? Jesus was our example for this. Jesus says, I don't do anything except the Father tells me to. I don't do anything except by his direction. That is really something. Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth, we say, and he is. But he was submitted to the Father God. And see, that's when victory comes. That's when victory comes. And when Jesus is our Lord and we look to him for our strength in all things and we follow his directives, our lives will be radiant with his love. We will be radiant overcomers in this life. Let's put that picture of the artwork of Sue up there again. Sue Ventasso. Um There's a couple of them we have. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. And we see Minnesota, the word radiant. Let's use, let's go to the second one. And we say, see it zeroing in. This is an old map. But you see 10 strike on there? I don't know, I guess the main road used to, I didn't really even realize that. The main road must have gone on the east side of, Lake Bemidji up. Oh, that's not a highway, that's a railroad? Does this have highways? Maybe it doesn't. This is an old map. It's an old one. But the radiating, radiating out, you know, it starts, like we said last week, right in our families, but in our churches, in our workplaces, in our business. Wherever we are, it's radiating these things that we're talking about here, the radiance, the life of God, because once again, we're the temple of God's spirit. He dwells inside of us. That scripture that Sue uses, Psalm 34, verse five, it says, they looked to him, they looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. We'll never be ashamed if we look to him. And we will be radiant when we look to him. Now, radiant health, physical and spiritual. I've heard the phrase before, that guy looks like he's in radiant health. Or that lady looks like she's in radiant health. Well, radiant health comes to us when we're getting like proper sleep good exercise, dealing rightly with stress in our lives, and of course, eating the right kinds of foods. And you know, we must develop an appetite for the right diet, a healthy diet, right? You know what I'm talking about? Back in January of 1991, I started having a pain, well, it was kind of right in the middle of my lower stomach area there and um, I don't know I just, I just felt right away I need to this is why I need to get this checked out because it just seemed different and so I just told Joyce I said I gotta I'm gonna go into the doctor and just get this checked you know and we always pray about things but see there too the Lord can lead you but I went in And uh, this was the first part of January, and they thought, the doctor thought I maybe had bladder infection, so I took some things for that. And it seemed to subside a little bit with the antibiotics I was taking and so forth. But then a couple of weeks were done, the antibiotics were gone, and it was still there and went in again. And I can't even remember all the different things that they thought that I might have. I remember one Sunday, over in the old sanctuary, I told the folks the congregation that day, I said, I'm having quite a bit of pain here, right where my appendix are. And I said, if it's not gone by the time the service is over, I'm gonna go in and and tell them, I think I have appendicitis. And it wasn't gone, so I went in, I told them, and he was poking, the, the emergency room doctor was poking around and so forth, and I still remember he pushed hard, it hurt so bad when he pushed on it, and then he'd go like that, he'd say, well, does it still hurt like that? And I said, oh, no, you're not as bad as it did when you're pushing on it, you know. And, and then he thought I had colitis, and uh, so anyway, I went back home, and I can't remember what he told I think he told me some things to eat and not eat. And uh, I thought, this isn't getting any better, and this is going over now, we're getting into March. I mean, after a series of things. And then it was up by my liver that it began to hurt, and then they thought I might have, oh, well, what's the liver problem? Uh, hepatitis. Some kind of hepatitis, and uh so they were gonna start giving me stuff for that, but then i the pain was getting so bad um I finally got an ice pack to put on it. I remember it was the night that Ruth Dan and Chris's daughter was born the eighteenth that I, I couldn't sleep that night coming into the eighteenth of March, and uh the next day, I called the doctor again. And I says, well, what do I do to relieve this pain? Because they still thought then it was hepatitis. He's, I told him what was going on. He says, you come in right now. And so I did. It was about 5 o'clock on March 18th. And... Uh, They started to look around, did more x-rays, and they said, see, we had been on a trip to Mexico that fall in November, and they were starting to think then that I maybe picked up a parasite because there was something up in the picture, something really not right there on this side of my body. And I was in really rough shape because I didn't feel like eating for weeks. It came down to the only thing that I wanted to eat anymore was asparagus. (laughs) I found out later there's something in asparagus that must be, I don't even know what it is, but if you're a nutritionalist, you probably know. But that, that I felt like eating asparagus. But anyway, my body was down to no fat. <clears throat> I wish I could still say that, but it's <clears throat> I can't but but anyway, I came in there and they started looking. The doctors are saying, "Well, we got to send this down to the university to have them let us know what's going on with you." but then they called in a surgeon, Dr. Thompson, and uh he came and he looked at my x-ray. He was standing there right next to my bed and all these doctors and Joyce was there, I'm not sure who all was there, but uh, he said, prepare him for surgery. I thought, oh this is different, I hadn't heard that before. And my first thought was, are you sure, can't you just do some procedure type thing and drain it or whatever. He says, prepare him for surgery. And so, they did. Before you know it, I was on my way to surgery. And um, I remember Joyce saying that the doctor came out to talk to her before that he did surgery, and he said it doesn't look good for your husband. Uh, but see, Joyce had prayed it through. Is that you over there, Joyce? Sometimes with the lights I can't see. Um, I I wasn't going to go this direction this morning, Joyce, with all this. There's a point I'm getting to with this, all right? But could you come up here just a minute, please? And tell them about the year before. I, I believe we're supposed to share that.
2: Um, Something that I've done for many years is as a year closes, usually the night before, the first year of the new year, I do that. I bow my knees privately at the edge of my bed, our bed. And I'll just say, what do you say about this new year? And I I have a notebook there, and then I write it down. (laughs) And so I did that December 31 before January 1 of that year.
1: Of the year before.
2: The year before. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to cover your husband daily in prayer. The enemy wants his life. And when he said it, I didn't tell anyone that I know of. I for sure didn't tell him, but I did that. I would pray. I would intercede. I would travail as the Holy Spirit would lead me day by day by day. And as he was going through this, I didn't know medically what it was. All I knew was God had given me the word. You cover him in prayer. The enemy wants his life, but I knew that wasn't going to happen because God had alerted me to cover him in prayer. That meant life for this man. (laughs) So when the doctor, Thompson, did come out, he was all prepared for surgery, and he said, Mrs. Pomp, it does not look good for your husband's life. And I looked at him, and I knew that's what it looked like to him but I just knew God in his way was gonna do his thing physically in my husband's body. And I remember, I don't know, there were so many relatives and church friends that just filled the uh, lobby there and in this huge prayer circle we had as Dr. Thompson went off to surgery. It was interesting Um, Mary Landis was the one that put him under. Well, you know, she was the right one from our church here. She And she prayed for him. I mean, right there, standing by him. And uh, the scripture the Lord kept giving us during those months when he wasn't feeling well was the last verse of Psalm 91. With long life will I satisfy you, and show you my salvation, my deliverance. And that's what Mm -hmm. God did. Mm -hmm. Is that good? And
1: and I want to make sure that the folks understand that it was the whole year of 1990. See, this happened in 91, and it was the whole year. It was December 31 of 1989 that the Lord told Joyce to pray for me. And so she prayed for me for the whole year. My I just happened to glance on Marilyn Glidden. I know you were praying for me too. The Lord alerted Marilyn Glidden to pray for me too, ahead of time. Yeah,
2: I forgot.
1: <clears> to say that. See, see, it's, it's before. you see, it's, it's the thing of yielding to His Lordship, le- yielding to His promptings, and this is about stuff we don't have a clue about ahead of time. I mean, the natural. Yeah. So.
2: So I want to just, right now, because this is what the Holy Spirit's doing, this wasn't what he had planned, I'm asking you to listen to what the Lord says to you. It may not be something that's this, you know, matter of life and death, but listen to what he says to you. And if you think you're going to forget it, you've heard me say it before, if it's a thought that comes in the middle of the night, just jot it down. I do that in the dark. The next morning I interpret <laughs> what I've scribbled. But he's our father. He just loves to talk to us. So encourage you to listen to him like that. Thank
1: you. Thank you. So just to clarify also what that was, what it was, was a burst appendix. And the Dr. Thompson told me when I came in to get the staples removed, he said, and I don't know that he was is a believer, I don't know Dr. Thompson that well, but he told me someone must have been praying for you. And he said, I believe that your appendix broke already at the first part of January. And he said, most people would have died from it, but your body, formed a a wall around that. Infection and disease, you know, all that junk. But getting to the point of this, you know, after I came out of surgery in a few, you know, I was in the hospital nine days total. And part of it was because I was in such a weakened state by that time, and then at one point, I had an appointment with a nutritionist and I can still remember sitting there in the room and said she said Steve you have to eat or you or you will wither up and die you have no fat left on you you have to eat and she, she was saying that because I wasn't I didn't feel like eating. I had been there a few days already, and I didn't feel like eating. I lost my appetite. I just didn't feel like eating. It was a real effort to eat. Believe me, it is not anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I wish it was. I thought, well, no, I don't wish that. I'm glad I like to eat. Aren't you glad you like to eat? Yeah. Um like I said, maybe asparagus was the only thing but you know what, I determined then to eat the next thing that they brought to me, no matter what it was I was going to eat it and uh, I was figuring like a, a bowl of jello or something like that well, the kitchen made a mistake and they sent me a full meal including Swiss steak and I hadn't eaten anything for months much I ate that whole thing Piece by piece, I ate that whole steak, all the potatoes, all the green beans, and jello <laughs> on the plate. And I never had one problem with it. The nurse came in, she saw the plate afterwards, she says, "What is this? What were you eating?" I told her, she said, "Oh no, this is going to be problems," she said. <clears throat> but it wasn't. The Lord used it, and I started getting my appetite back. Well, spiritually speaking, we must eat the right food, or we will wither up spiritually. So what is good, healthy, spiritual food? The Word of God is spiritual food. Matthew 4, starting at verse 1. This is when Jesus was tempted. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, if you're really the Son of God. See, I believe the enemy was trying to make Jesus doubt that. Tempting him in that way. To lose that truth, which was there command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Thank God that we have this written word of God. So precious. Where's your appetite for it? See, my appetite for physical natural food had gone to nothing. I didn't want to eat, I didn't feel like eating. Um, No matter where it is, now don't get in condemnation if you haven't been reading the word and meditating on it, that's the other part. It's letting it roll around and around, having some means of having the word maybe on your phone or a little piece of paper, just having some of the word that addresses maybe a current life situation just meditating on it, just thinking on it, rolling it over and over, because that's where it becomes digested and becomes spiritual flesh, you might say, or spirit in us, taking root on us. And we have a picture here. Let's do that picture, Anthony, of the puzzle, because the Word of God is built into our lives kind of like a picture puzzle, one piece at a time, not all at once. It's like if we're trying to build our body like I was to build it back up again. I did have an awful big meal that first one, but the idea though is that it's one bite at a time, one piece at a time, not all at once. And we must have a patience. I know my mom does puzzles quite a bit, especially starting about this time of the year. And it takes persistence, consistency, faithfulness at that each day, finding a few pieces and putting them in there. And it helps if others help find pieces too. Sometimes I'll go over there and help her find a few. You know, it's kind of fun to do that together. By the way, that's where the thing of small groups is so important. We do have, and there's a lot of different kinds of small groups. It can be Bible studies or sometimes it's just doing some things, prayer time together or or whatever. It can be in the church house, but it can be at, at your house. Or it can be at a coffee shop or, you know, whatever. But just being in small groups, we have availability on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We have some small groups. There's one now that's just starting. It's like a, a basics class. And there's a healing class, and there's going to be another class coming up possibly on forgiveness uh, maybe the Lord would have you begin a class just talk to me or one of the elders and we can help you with that and it doesn't have to be 9.30 here on Sunday morning it could be some other time but that thing of helping one another to get the word into us is, is so important hallelujah um, you see on this picture the outside frame of the picture well that would include the basics of our Christian faith. It would include those. And one of the resources that I use for my devotions, we'll show a picture of it up here, it's Food Devotions by Kenneth E. Hagin. And next, or actually it'll be two weeks from today, we're going to have Carol and Ronnie Ruano here next Sunday, but two weeks I'm going to be sharing you more about this and more specifics of the Word but today I think I'm just gonna close with this thought that maybe you're you have a great appetite right now for the word, and that's great. You just continue to feed on it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're getting in the spiritual maybe you're in the spirit realm with this kind of food the way that I was in the natural realm when I was dealing with that appendage. Broke, uh, bust appendix. No matter where it is in the continuum. Listen, do not get into condemnation this morning. That is not the idea. Do not get into condemnation. Just get into the Word. Right now, by whatever means. There's lots of different ways to do it. If you don't have a Bible, let me know after the service let someone here know we'll get you one today before you leave we'll get you a bible and of course if you have an iphone bible gateway for instance it's a, it's a it's an app you can all different translations right on your phone and that's something you know even when you're in the workplace i used to do when i was milking cows i'd uh, put it in there that's where it is. I was wondering where I put my comb. I'd put, I'd put a three by five in there and hook up the milkers to the cow and whip out, you know, and there's a few minutes there, read over the scripper, put it back in, and I'd think about it while I was washing, taking the milkers off and washing up the next cow. Whatever ways we have a drive a ways to go to work. I was talking with John Cooley this morning. He's got fair drive to get to work. He listens to CDs, and it could be Bible CDs, you know, just someone reading the word, or it can be teaching from the word. I do it a lot when I'm getting ready in the morning, showering and such. It's amazing how much you can actually get into you in those times. don't be in condemnation say this you repeat after me I will not be in condemnation I will simply begin to read the word and meditate on it see what happens spirit person within gets stronger it gets food it was amazing what happened when I started eating that food in the hospital. I could tell it right away. The Holy Spirit had an idea to jump start it. Somehow he got that Swiss steak meal there to me. And it didn't hurt my body. It helped it. It did good in it. Well, he can do that with you. He can do it with you spiritually. Just get into it. Be in it. It's life to you. We'll be talking about that more in the future but it is just start doing it and uh, start reading and start meditating on it sharing it with start sharing it with those around you the word share it with one another hallelujah praise God praise God Lord I pray for all of us this morning We thank you that you can quicken the hunger in us by your spirit you dwell within us. You are the teacher. You're the one that brings revelation. You're the one that makes it a rhema or a word really spoken right to me. Right to me. And I pray that for each individual that's here this morning and all those hearing it online, Lord, that you'll quicken us. You'll quicken our appetites. And will be in your word because we know it's life to us and it's even health to us your word says hallelujah we pray this in the name of Jesus today hallelujah amen 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 so we'll just have our time of fellowship if you would like prayer you may come forward for that and uh... and
2: so who made the homemade zucchini bread and brought it. Who's that? Thank you. So this is what happened when I was working here yesterday. I said, okay, Lord, there's no meal. There's really nothing for coffee time afterwards, but if you want us to have something, just show someone to bake. (laughs) So there's coffee time. We're gonna have it by the coffee bar. So thank you come and eat it
1: amen Amen, lord's blessings and favor and protection